0: Well, do you want to stay on the music topics one more topic and before we take another break? Sure. Or right. I could
1: do one or whatever. I have All a music right. Point.
0: Well, we'll do one, we'll do one more music topic. We'll take a break and then we'll come back and do your music topic. How's that? All right. Sounds good uh, to me. Paul Stanley of Kiss. Yeah. He talks about vinyl, Spotify and the injustice of the internet.
1: Oh boy. Okay. Let's hear it
0: no ace no kiss what fuck there I mean no
1: thing or no kiss
0: <laughs> uh, it's a battle cry any member of kiss army will instantly recognize you wanted the best you got the best kiss <laughs> hate to argue that point <laughs> kiss has been unstoppable for over 40 years and counting and they just upped their game yet again with Kiss Rocks Vegas out on various formats by way of Eagle Vision. Okay. A live chronicle of the band's incendi- incendiary residency at the joint, the Hard Rock uh, Hotel Casino in Las Vegas in November of 2014. It's been two years, and they're just getting that out now.
1: No, it takes a long time to get Tommy to sign off on <laughs> his
0: greatness. It's taken two years
1: to get a DVD out. Dude. There's a lot of work that has to uh, go. Apparently. Holy shit. I mean, how, what do you think they re-record these things in a day? <laughs> yeah. But two
0: years, I mean,
1: look at Bob Del Bandy
0: and he's, he's turning those bitches out, you know, once a year now.
1: Have you heard live kiss on YouTube? That takes <laughs> a lot of studio time to get Paul right.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So they, they just, they just turned out a DVD of their residency at the joint at the hard rock hotel and casino in Las Vegas
1: next. You know, I heard for Christmas, you can get the uh, Vinnie Vincent tour footage. <laughs> <laughs> Technology has advanced to the point now where
0: you can really be fully enveloped by and in the center of the chaos that can be kiss from time to time.
1: All right. Who wrote this fucking bag of shit? <laughs> this
0: is uh this is somebody who's obviously a diehard kiss fan.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Tell Red to put down the pen. Really?
0: Uh, Frontman vocalist, guitarist, eternal star child, Paul Stanley, told digital trends of the Dolby Atmos Kiss Rocks Vegas experience. Oh, my goodness. Wow, there's a lot of technology going into that.
1: That's a lot of you're, titling.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to update your home stereo to be able to play this thing.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Your, wow.
0: your speakers will start smoking.
1: just like ace's
0: guitar i mean tommy's guitar
1: no tommy doesn't do the smoke from what i understand
0: okay take it from me the full bore full channel assault of kiss rocks vegas is most definitely the best experience by way of blu-ray and the mega multi-channel dolby atmos option so wow. you can get the absolute complete effect of the set design and the band's always mind-boggling pyrotechnics and the glory of each Kiss member's chosen armor. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> well, see here. I, I'm gonna come. He's sucking so yeah, much cock. I know, but see, here's the thing. That's all well and fine if you have the most up-to-date four four uh, K system or something. Yeah, that's going you know, if, if you have an old, you know, maybe something that's five, eight, ten years old, you're not going to get that full experience.
1: How's that going to look on my laptop? Yeah, really, I
0: don't own a DVD player anymore? <laughs> that that isn't that isn't uh, you know helpful for everybody.
1: Do you still own a DVD player? I do. I have one. See, I don't even have one. I, I watch, like, now Bandian sent me his movies. I'm yet to watch them because I have to watch on my laptop. Well, I have I
0: have a, I have a uh, DVD player. I have actually the combo player, the DVD VHS player.
1: Jeez, what year did you get that, 1979? No, I actually
0: bought it in, I think it was, like, 2009.
1: Really? They it's not that old.
0: Yeah, it, it was LG. They were still making something for video. huh? Yeah. You could, you could actually burn VHS tapes to, to DVD or just watch DVD on it.
1: Can you burn a a DVD to a VHS? I don't
0: think so. It doesn't work that direction.
1: And what, what, what purpose would
0: that serve anyway? (laughs) Come on. I'm I'm lower end. Haley kill Collar, You're on the air.
2: I'm just ringing in to say that probably this Kiss Rocks Vegas is probably the best live album or so-called live album that Kiss have done in about 20 years.
0: Do you own it, Tim?
2: Yeah, I bought it.
0: You did. How, how long have you had yeah. it, and and how do you listen or view it?
2: It it came in it came in last week. I got it from Amazon UK, and uh, I got I got the uh, the um, DVD Blu-ray. And the audio CD, and there's also a bonus unplugged CD. So did, yeah. did
0: you watch the whole thing? And and how do you view it? What kind of a system do you see it? I mean, do you get this full-on effect that they're ta- talking about, or what?
2: Well, I mean, I don't I don't own a Blu-ray player, so I just watch it on on my laptop through my. Through the disc drive that I've got for my laptop, but I'm I'm actually more excited about the audio CD than anything else. Well, how do you Very listen good. to that?
0: How do you listen to that to get this full bombastic effect?
2: I just I just um put it put it into my iTunes and put it on my um my iPod and listen to it like that.
0: So so you're not listening to it on some kind of like a Bose system or something like that.
2: No, 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 I did just, I just bought a couple of Rocket fixes for my studio, so, so, but yeah, not really, no, but I just, I just think the, the, the album, it's because there's some songs that they haven't released on other live albums before, that, that should have been released probably around the live three that weren't released, so, it's, it's pretty cool, actually.
0: Well, I mean, do you, do you think you're being short-changed because you're not hearing this in its full fidelity like this writer is describing?
2: Uh, I've, I've seen Kiss live before. You know, it's like, I mean, when I, went saw, when I went and saw Kiss and Motley Crue in 2013, I was front row. So I don't know how much more high-fidelity he can get than that.
0: Well, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to get to, Tim, is that what makes this the greatest C D, live C D that KISS has ever released aside from including songs that you you haven't previously owned. No, no, a, I didn't
2: I didn't I didn't say that. I said in the last twenty years.
0: Oh, in the last twenty years. That. All right. I'm glad you threw that. Yeah, in. yeah. No,
2: no For me for me nothing will ever be Kiss Live Two.
1: That's just phenomenal that record Chris but, comment? Um, I agree. As far as Kiss Live goes, Kiss Live 2 is it.
2: I mean, people talk about like Kiss it. Alive, but, you know, people love Kiss Alive. I guess it depends what era of the band you love more, and I just think Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, and Love Gun were great records. So. Well, anything that and does not 2. have
0: Tommy Thayer on it probably sucked.
2: <laughs> uh, see, I... I, I, I don't agree with Jack all there either. I, I think Sonic Boom was pretty cool and Monster was okay. You know, I don't I don't have an issue with all that. But um, the the, the thing I've had a major issue with is Paul Kelly's voice. <laughs> <laughs> so so how many how many
0: overdubs do you think they had to do for this release of this live disc, Tim? Do you have any guesses?
2: Who knows? Pro- <laughs> probably probably. Well, I think they're probably down tuned to the down tune the guitars to about C. <laughs> so so they, where
0: so where okay. are where are you tonight listening to the CMS, Tim? Are you at the are you at the uh you know the, the soup kitchen? Are you helping out the homeless or anything?
2: No, I'm sitting here at McDonald's again. Hand job <laughs> Wow. <laughs> not in the bathroom, though.
1: <laughs> And that's why Tim is always allowed to call.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they did they have crazy.
0: a do they have a glory hole in the men's restroom at the McDonald's? Tim, is that why you go there so often?
2: I don't know. Tim. My pink is that uh, small it probably wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> Tim.
1: Tim, how far are you? Are you sitting down, or are you by like the
2: lines? But I think are there people answer. in line? Yes, there are.
1: Walk up to somebody, get behind them in line, and then just yell out, "Stop grabbing my package! I'm handicapped." <laughs> Come on, Tim. Stop
2: grabbing my, stop, stop grabbing my package! I'm handicapped. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Jeez! Anyway, anyway. yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: Uh, so good. Ail and kill. Hail and kill. <laughs> there goes Tim! Holy shit! Stop grabbing my package. I'm handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe he did it. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Holy shit.
0: That's funny. <laughs> all right.
1: All right. That's for all you Tim haters. out there. <laughs> Tim should get some points for that. Sure. That was good. All right. Holy smokes.
0: Well, that just goes to show you why we liked him.
1: Yep. That was fantastic. All right.
0: All right. Getting back to this real quick. Uh, take it from me. The full bore full channel assault of kiss rocks. Vegas is most definitely best experienced by way of Blu-ray and mega multi-channel Dolby blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. Bassist vocalist, the demon himself, Gene Simmons never fails to amaze with what he does and looks like on stage, especially the thunder of the songs like Detroit rock city, lick it up and black diamond, an additional kiss acoustic set featuring the stripped down favorites like Christine 16 hard luck woman. And Beth also show what guitarist Tommy Thayer. What? And drummer Ki- Eric Singer, bring to the Kiss back line. Wow. Want another opinion? Take it from Mickey Free, the mixed blood Cherokee Comanche native American guitarist vocalist Discover. Oh my God, really? <laughs> well, we, we're we're celebrating diversity here
1: enough with fucking descriptions
0: jesus uh, by uh simmons and stanley in the 70s who went on to play guitar with uh Shalimar and glam punkers crown of thorns okay i knew them both really well those guys were my mentors in the 70s when i was growing up free recalled kiss was my favorite band as a boy you know Paul Stanley is such a great performer, too. I aspire to dance like he did on stage. He was that guy. I wanted to play guitar like Hendrix and dance like Paul Stanley. Faggot. (laughs) Stanley called Digital Trends rights before heading directly to the band's recent gig in Bridgeport, Connecticut, to discuss why Kiss rocks Vegas. Totally rocks in Dolby Atmos, what okay. he feels the vinyl format is lacking and what it was like working with original Kiss Spaceman guitarist, Ace Freely again on his new solo album. Shout it out, shout it out, shout it out loud. Now, do you think Ace actually, or, or Paul Stanley actually quote unquote worked with Ace or did he just record a vocal over some MP3 tracks Ace sent over?
1: You know what? I think I read that they like did it in like one day.
0: They did it together.
1: Did it together. They
0: actually were in the same room.
1: I think I I read like like Paul invited Peter out for to, for like an afternoon or something. Did you say Peter out or not Peter? Ace, whatever. They're the same.
0: <laughs> They're all the same.
1: One has been, another has been. Right, whatever.
0: right. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital trends ask, I've been watching the kiss rocks Vegas on Blu-ray and, and Dolby. So I think we have to modify a certain phrase of yours. You wanted the best. You got Dolby Atmos. <laughs> okay. Paul Stanley documenting the show with flying drones. I got to admit that flying drone, uh, technology that is really good uh, for, for recording. Yeah the the clarity of of the cameras yeah. that these little drones shoot, okay, is really amazing because That's- that that uh, that one video that uh, Metal Church shot inside that mm-hmm. cooling tower at that uh, decommissioned uh, nuclear right. plant, they shot mm-hmm. that all with drones. Is it? It has got what like stabilizer camera on it. Uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you used to have to have like a boom and a, you know, a a high def camera and all this. Now they got these little drones that just fly everywhere, you know, you just need a drone and an iPhone. Yeah. More (laughs) or less. Well, they do use the iPhone camera. I mean, they don't use the actual iPhone. They actually use the lens of an iPhone camera. Right. You know, and and they get these incredible shots with these little drones. Right. Right. So so they use these in concert now. And and I don't know if you noticed that if you, did you did you look at that uh that guy who jumped the canyon last week?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did
0: you see that they used drones for that? Yeah, I did. The catch his the catch his ascent. Yep. It's like that that's just that technology is fantastic. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was a huge success for us to do Kiss Rocks Vegas in that way. Was something we could say we couldn't say no to the idea of building a show that didn't have to be transportable or taken down every night. We could basically do a stadium show in a small venue because we brought it in, brought it in piece by piece. The visual presentation and the surround sound is just fantastic, and I especially enjoy getting blown to bits by your classic guitar destruction at the end of the show you must really be pleased with how it all turned out
1: brother and paul's answer well not as much as i'm pleased by you continually sucking my cock right Jeez, oh man enough all right go ahead he
0: says oh we're very pleased the band was great the venue was great the show was great the food was great the groupies were great yeah Being able to really capture it in that way was very satisfying for all of us. I think it was a great document and a great testament to who we are and what we are.
1: Right. Uh,
0: Having the KISS acoustic set in there as a bonus and getting to hear classic songs like Plaster or All Strip, Bear just adds to the overall package. Stanley says, yeah, we wanted to do more than just have a concert, so to speak. So including our acoustic set, which we do every day. Before our electric shows is something like MTV Unplugged. People get to see what we are when you uh, strip everything away. Good. Yay. Uh, If you don't have a good core songs to begin with, stripping them down in that way won't get them across any better. Because Kiss songwriting has been so strong since Tommy Thayer joined the band. Oh, that's not what he said. Uh, Has been so strong for the past 40-plus years, these songs really come across acoustically. Mm -hmm. I think so. You can uh, enhance something with as many bombs and laser beams as you want, but a crap song is a crap song.
1: And if anybody would know a crap song, it is Paul Stanley. Right. Put out solo album after solo album of crap songs. (laughs)
0: For those of you for those of us who put the needle to the groove on destroyer back in the day, I can definitely say that you have plenty of good songs to pull from. Would you say vinyl is your favorite listening method? What do you think his, his uh, answer is?
1: Well, I like all kinds, but, uh, you know, we grew up on vinyl, so I would have to say yes.
0: Mm. Uh, that's an interesting one. I know people swear by vinyl for me, what it has in warmth that lacks in top end. It's interesting for me because I like a certain, I don't want to say strident top end to something, but I like more highs perhaps than most vinyl has. It certainly has more warmth and I understand that me, I'd rather listen to vinyl than listen to a re eq I would rather listen to vinyl than reeq it. Okay. I really grew up in an era where once we got into studio, we were listening to JBL 4, 4311 studio monitor speakers, L100 studio floor speakers, and Yamaha NS10s. Man, this guy knows his equipment. Yeah, geez, oh man, enough. Those really became the benchmark and the standard for what I was comfortable listening to. I was never somebody who was impressed with the complete transparency of music. I used to call those doctor systems because somebody thought that was the way to go when in fact i like music to be somewhat colored racist colored racist in particular i always been a huge fan of the sound of jbl speakers with music and that's because when i was in electric lady studios as a teenager Right. That's when I was listening to music. That's what I was listening to music on. Stanley and Simmons hung out at the Electric Lady Studios in New York City, which was built to the exact specifications of none other than Jimi Hendrix in the early seventies, uh, whenever they could sing background vocals for the likes of Lynn Christopher until in nineteen seventy three Kiss cut a five track demo at Electric Lady with Hendrix's favorite producer Eddie Kramer.
1: Who wrote this out? This thing, Shadow Steel. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Could he could he jam any more exact dates and, yeah. and into this? God.
0: Uh, the writer writes or, or asks. I always love the Macintosh blue glow. Mm. Do you have a favorite album or artist that you consider to be your perfect listening experience on that system? And he's like, what? <laughs> Well, he wants to get all technical with Paul.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, but I'm saying Paul's answer is probably,
0: huh? No, I think Paul actually has an answer. Okay, good. Well, Steely Dan sounds pretty amazing. And obviously Led Zeppelin and things like that are phenomenal. Led Zeppelin has always, for me, stands the test of time. But Steely Dan, what you hear going on on some of those tracks when you're listening on a good system is kind of a mind-blowing Experience something that happened. Let's see, something that perhaps insulated in the background audio wise, suddenly on a good system, you get what the instrument is doing and what it is being played. Okay, a lot of modern listeners stream your music. Some KISS songs have well over 20 million listens on Spotify, like I Was Made for Loving You, Heavens on Fire, Rock and Roll All Night. What do you as an artist feel about
1: streaming? Mm -hmm. What do you think? hates it I think it's ruining the industry
0: okay it's a choice it's a convenience for sure and then it just comes down to is the artist getting paid what what happened when the internet got involved with the music is that initially and to this day in some ways a stolen property? And it's really not fair when the artist is making a deal based upon take it or leave it. I don't believe that most artists are getting what they deserve. They're getting what they can. And that's ass backwards. That's the tail wagging the dog. When somebody is in essence, in essence saying I will do this with or without you. Well, you don't have much to stand on and that's the unfairness. That's the injustice of the internet.
1: See, this is we, we go round and round with this, mm-hmm. and the artists on on this don't get it. Music has less value now. It just doesn't have value. Mm-hmm. In the seventies and eighties and nineties, I guess you know, up until streaming or up until MP3s came around. Mm-hmm. Part of the value was the collectability of it.
0: And the, the fact that you couldn't really get it anywhere else unless you were trading tapes or something.
1: Well, yeah, but but I mean, when 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 you liked a band, whatever that band was, you bought everything from that band.
0: Yeah, but you couldn't get it any other way, though.
1: Oh, you could. There was way you could tape How? your friends or whatever. Well, that's what
0: I'm saying. Unless you were trading tapes.
1: Right, right, but but, but that, mean,
0: but that took some effort to do that,
1: sure, but you could get it, and and part of what made it cool back then was having it,- mm-hmm. the art the credits, you know, we all knew the producers, we all knew who the girlfriends were, sure. we all knew all that shit, we read the credits and looked for names of guys from other bands we listened to, mm-hmm. You know, all of that stuff was part of it. Mm -hmm. But with the advent of digital media and not just in music, but across the board, digital media, Mm -hmm. that shit's not important anymore.
0: Well, again, it's devalued it because it's so easily attainable for nothing.
1: Yeah, but you don't you still don't like I was a credit whore. And I'm sure you were, too. Yeah, I,
0: I I am. I still do. I still enjoy a physical CD just to see what they put in the credits.
1: See, and me anymore, I can't be bothered with that shit. Right. I just can't be bothered wasting my time. You know, half of my, half of my shit doesn't even have the right art on it. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, you know, when I look at my phone, you know, it's whatever. Amazon slaps on it, and I don't go back through and fix it. I don't care. You know, it just isn't important anymore. And it's because music in general is not a collectible to me anymore it's just fucking background and there's one part ease one part the music's not as good as it used to be and one part and one big part um just you know I've gotten older i've I've changed and I think the audience has changed but the art the
0: artists don't get it well you know I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Paul here a little bit. Okay. Because you're you're kind of making this point that since the invent of the internet, mm-hmm. you had to go buy if you wanted to own certain music. Yeah. Barring your taping your friend's record or you know, mm-hmm. dubbing tapes or whatever. Yeah. You had to go get it because there was no other way of getting it. hmm There was no other way. Right. Now with the internet, with all the download sites and the the BitTorrents and all these other stuff, everything's out there for nothing. So nobody yeah. nobody has any reason to go get it, and you're not going to go buy it for an album cover when, especially if you could have all the songs. You the the album covers and the and the credits and all that was just a bonus to owning mm-hmm. the music. But yeah. when you can get the music for nothing. It's just like, well, you know, I think it's cool and everything, but I'm not going to go buy the record just to read it,
1: right? Uh, but, but you know what though? I mean, I still buy the occasional record here and there, and I don't need to. I mean, fuck, they send us everything, sure. But like, I I've bought, I don't know, two or three records this year. You know, I bought the I bought the Zach record, and I bought the Chris Robinson Brotherhood record, and I think I bought the Volbeat record. You know, and, you know, I'll buy it on occasion if it's something. I bought the Metallica record. I pre-ordered it. You know, so I will buy on occasion. But ultimately, and see, this is what I've always said about downloading. People don't go, if they're real into a band, they'll buy it. If, even if it's free, even if you can get it from a torrent site or whatever, most of the shit that people download is that stuff that they maybe had an interest in but never enough interest to check it out Mm -hmm. you know like like and and i'll be honest from from the napster days i grabbed all the triumph shit that's when i got triumph Mm -hmm. and i deleted most of it because i wasn't into it but you know i mean i mean i would have never bought it ever i would have never bought it and now you know now i'll just listen to it on spotify sure Because that's all the more I need. Every once in a while, I get the urge to hear lay it on the line or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll listen to it on Spotify and I'm good. Sure. Because that's all the more value it actually has to me. Triumph does not have $13 worth of value to me. Right. They have, you know, the one-tenth of one cent that they get from a plate. Sure. You know, that's that's what I'm willing to give them. And, and I, I think that's the the truth of the matter is that the, the artists have overblown their thought. First of all, they overcharged for however many years. Yeah, they did. I agree. Part of this is backlash to that after overcharging 1899 for a fucking 30-minute CD. Sure. You know, and they still overcharge. That fucking Rob Zombie, you know, he put out a, a record uh, like six months ago or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. It's, it's regular cost, thirteen ninety nine or what? what's a disc cost now, like 13 uh, 99 You know, it's
0: been so long, I haven't been to a record store forever. I haven't even looked at a CD for, I couldn't tell you when.
1: Let's just say it was like $13. bucks. i am okay. sure it's probably in there. Sure. Right? Tw- 24 minutes. 24 minutes. Why would you buy that?
0: Yeah, it's 50 cents a minute.
1: Yeah, why why would you why would you drop down thirteen dollars for that? That's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, I I mean, it's really turned into what it what what is important now. It's a collector's market, right? If you're into it, you'll go and buy the vinyl, and if you collect vinyl, and that and that's who buys records anymore. The rest of us just listen on fucking Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. You know, because the market has changed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Paul, but your shitty monster record is not worth $13 <laughs> anymore. <laughs> sure. It's not. You know, just because Kiss is putting out a record anymore. I mean, dude, when Kiss was putting out Monster, did you even listen to it when it came out? No. I mean, you're a Kiss
0: fan, aren't you? I, I like some of their stuff. I'm not a diehard fan. I've seen them maybe four times. Yeah.
1: I, I, so even today, you probably have not listened to that whole album.
0: I got to be honest with you, no, I didn't.
1: And you probably didn't listen to the one that came out—that "Heller or Hallelujah." Or is that the same album? I don't even know. What was the other one? "Sonic Boom." "Sonic Boom." Did you listen to that one? No. Yeah, that's the point. Back in the old days, you would have bought them, sure. Even though you're not, you're you're the same level of a Kiss fan that you were 20 years ago, right? pretty much yeah. always okay. Mm-hmm. You, know, I was, you know, if they had something out, you'd go get it. Sure. But now you won't because the music has less value. Right. And, and that's, that's my point. It is. There's so many other things that you can watch and do and, and view and listen to and whatnot. Yeah, well, that, it,
0: but it is an oversaturation of, of what's available to you because back in, in our day, Mm-hmm. back in the 80s the only th- the only two things you had was commercial radio oh, yeah.
1: and, and
0: buying a record or a tape
1: yeah tuesday was a fucking holiday
0: for that me. that was it tuesday. now today you got netflix you got amazon you got spotify you got you got uh cody <laughs> yeah
1: got it. Hey, maybe you do i don't
0: you you got all kinds of stuff so it's over of of media that mm-hmm. You, you, you know, when, when we were kids, you know, Mm -hmm. the only outlets for music, obviously, like I said, is either the record store, commercial radio, or actually going to the live show.
1: Mm -hmm. That was it. But what does oversaturation do in any market? It makes it worth less. Yeah. It, it, it lowers the value. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened. Well, that's left.
0: But that, that's kind of the point that Paul was saying is that since the invent of the internet, because everything's internet driven, be it Netflix or, mm-hmm. or uh, Spotify or everything right? that's devalued the, the, the art or the, you know, the product rather. Sure. And, and that's what he's saying. It's just like, it's, it's hard to make any money at this now because everything is devalued. Just like we went through this elaborate discussion to, to say how it became devalued.
1: Yeah, but don't you think KISS are fucking as guilty as anybody for devaluing things by oversaturating the market with their own shit? Sure. You know, I I mean, even they were one of the first ones to get on board with the releasing concerts the night of the show, you know, and what did they do? They devalued that to where that's not worth anything Mm -hmm.
0: anymore. But, but But they struck while the iron was hot and they capitalized on it while it lasted.
1: Yeah, but the point is don't bitch. Because they're part of the problem. Sure. And that's really what I think, is that they're part of, they are a part of the problem. But, yeah, you, you know, he could be right, but at the same time he's got to accept that music is just not valuable anymore. Mm-hmm. Just not. Mm-hmm. You know, take that, you know, I'm not saying it's not good. It's, I'm not saying that I don't like listening to it. You know, if if my favorite bands, if somehow there was a, like, they're, they're getting ready to release the 20th anniversary of Great Southern Trendkill, and it's going to have, like, a bunch of songs that didn't make that record. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. I'll buy that. But they reformed Pantera. I'd listen to it before I would buy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Pantera fan. Sure. You know, that's just the way it is. Yep, I agree. Well, let's
0: uh, wrap this up real quick. All right. Um, I have to say, I love the cover of freeze fire and water. You sang and played on with ACE freely on his origins volume one solo album. Thank you. Thank you. I enjoyed doing it. It was great to connect with ACE in a positive way and to reminisce and recall all the good stuff and put aside all the other bad stuff. Nice. I love the character in your voice these days. Is that what, is that what you call it? The character in your voice?
1: In other words, the fact that you can't sing anymore. Yeah.
0: You've been very smart about how you take care of it over the years and adapt to what you're doing now, as opposed to chasing after what you did 40 years ago.
1: Please stop sucking his dick. Right. He stinks now. You know,
0: your, you know, your timber changes and your range may change. And that is par for the chorus. It is ridiculous to go see an artist 30 or 40 years on and say, gee, he doesn't play or sound like he once did. Of course he doesn't. He's 30 or 40 years older. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) uh, Is it fair to say that 50 or more years from now when most of us are no longer on this planet, Kiss songs like Love Gun, Rock and Roll Our Night are still going to be listened to by many generations to come. And do you feel Kiss music is timeless music?
1: Of course it is.
0: I do. I do. You only have to come to a concert and see that it has really evolved into a tribe. Oh, brother. And that you have your neighbors, your younger siblings, your grandparents there. It's really about having a pivotal moment and a pivotal time in your life with us and with all of those people.